0: What's going on, people people? This is Krish Dinesh Kumar, and I'm a producer for the show you're tuning into, From a People Perspective. This is a podcast about fascinating people, how they got to where they are, and where they're going, all from the lens of HR, recruitment, and operations. This show is hosted by Martin Hawk. Before getting started with today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Thanks to Wealth Simple for work providing group RRSP and benefit programs for employers to offer, Spring Law, providing virtual support for your smallest and largest employment law issues, HUME, a beautiful and easy-to-use HRIS platform, and the Leadership Agency, providing awarding recruitment for startups using innovative approaches. We've got a great episode ahead of us, and hope you enjoy it.
1: All All right, so welcome back back to another episode of From a People Perspective. Perspective. I'm your host, Martin Hawk, and really excited about today's guest. And on top of that, happy International Women's Day to to you and all the women out there. Today is March 8th. We didn't plan this, but it just so happened to be. Um, You have been a member of the People People group for quite some time now. yeah. and you've had an incredible looking career and that's why we're here to talk about said said incredible journey uh you've gone from like analytics and accounting to leading HR operations for the 2015 Pan Am Parapan Am games uh then to like leading global HR for the economist in new york uh you've like <laughs> reached the 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 like motherland of like all of the world in new york so so that's cool so kudos to that and you're coo at TechSpark canada and for like the last five years you've been uh building and and running a consultancy that's helping companies get diversity equity inclusion and belonging right um and so um, because we've only chatted back and forth a little bit and we haven't had the chance to necessarily work together i am so stoked that we actually get to meet each other um in in this way so Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Alicia M. Campbell to the podcast.
2: Oh gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Um, that was such an awesome intro. Like, it's funny hearing other people talk <laughs> about you. You're just like, no. You're like what? But um, no, it's so it's so awesome to be here. Wait a second, I did all
1: those things. <laughs> yeah. And that was my question to you when we first got on. Like, ten, I was like, I shouldn't ask this question. Don't ask this question. No. But literally, how have you like incredible? like career path, we're going to get into the 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 nitty gritty. But like you've accomplished so much and you're only getting started from the sounds of it. So like kudos to that. And I have so many questions um, before we dive into all of that fun stuff um, and the serious, serious questions, um, I want to start with some icebreakers just to kind of like loosen things up. Um, So let's say you're packing up and you're moving and you've got a box. And it happens to be filled with CDs or an MP3 player you haven't touched in a long time. What is, you know, a song or an album that you cannot part ways with? Or like, oh, that MP3 player has this song.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, I cannot part from. Oh, yes. Um, Pharrell Williams' Happy from Despicable Me is nice. it yeah yeah that that song um I love like that song it like <laughs> oh yeah it's yep. amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. like honestly like from the first note I have a smile on my face if I'm in like a mood I can dance <laughs> uh it just totally lifts my spirits and gets me on a vibe that is like is incomparable to anything else so I, I that's by far if I had like the last song I had to listen to it would be that song nice
1: nice that's a yeah.
2: good call. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I like those mood lifting songs. I don't use music as much as I should
2: mm-hmm. to like
1: flip the script on like a day, right? You're yeah. having a bad day and like, and I'm going to take that down. I'm going to.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Gonna... I never used to either until I realized, you know, I asked myself this question of like, what, how could I make my so-so days, you know, be better or be good days, and it came down to like, okay, like the food that I'm eating the work that I'm doing, that was a really big one, like focusing on the work I'm doing. And then like, how, what am I actually hearing? And what am I actually taking in? So for example, like oh. I don't listen to news and I'm not like one of those people who live under a rock, but like, I'm really mindful <laughs> of like, what is the content that I'm consuming? Because my, yeah. that is going to influence my thoughts, which is going to influence my mindset, which then dictates my actions and how I show up. And so I'm really intentional and deliberate on my kind of like a holistic diet, whether it's food content, people, um, location, like where I'm actually at and where I'm like living and breathing because all those feed into me and who I am and and what I do. So, um, music is, is a massive part of my life now. I mean, it always has been in other facets, but in terms of how I start my day or think about what's going to set me on that right path, it's music.
0: Yeah.
1: The, It's funny, it's only like five minutes into the podcast so far and you've already like dropped such like a huge knowledge bomb or like in terms of like, yeah, like if that's going to set you up for the rest of the day, why not? Like, why not optimize? And on top of that, the content piece, like in thinking like everybody Mm -hmm. knows that exercise and drinking water and going to sleep at the right time is good for you. But so many people and, and it's probably getting more popular, but so many people haven't done like a content audit like what deep. am I what am I consuming on a regular basis? like do yeah. I even know why I feel like I'm in a bad mood? Is it you know so I mean I've I struggle myself personally with like deleting and installing deleting, installing, deleting installing Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, I'm getting better, but like that is a healthy. Like the fact that you're aware about it in the first place Mm -hmm. just goes to show. So like if you're listening and you're not aware about that, well, this is your maybe this is a wake up call for you. Like, check it out. Um, Okay, one more one more question. Um, It's 3 a.m. Let's just assume that that's not your normal sleeping time. I'm making assumptions there. Uh, You can't sleep. You head to the kitchen. You open the fridge what are you going for what's like the midnight uh, you know what i'm not going to bed snack
2: that's a good one all these questions um probably fruit usually i have like fruit and like some almond butter so like i'll dip some strawberries or like you know a raspberry blueberry whatever i kind of got and then just nibble on that with some almond butter um it's is is pretty solid that can make me happy and content while i sit in the dark on the couch
1: healthy choices <laughs> at 3am i am impressed I am impressed. Kudos. No, that's that's I. Yeah, definitely. I don't share that 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 fortitude for sure. Um, Okay, so so for some real questions, um, first off, and it's totally okay if you can't share this. Who does your social media content? It's incredible. Oh, can can we hire them? It's like I was looking through it, like just kind of coming up with questions for this is like, what's going on? This is incredible. What's the secret?
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so no. So yes, I'm happy to talk about them. Um. Her name is Bella. She is. She is so phenomenal at what she does. Um. When when I met her, she was actually a referral from another connection that I had. And she I'm always about hiring people to work within their gifts. And so mm. never try to, to bring someone on the team that is, you know, if I need a triangle, I don't try to hire a square and make them a triangle, like whatever shape you are let's just work with that and make magic and so with Bella she had a design background like a graphic design media and marketing so I said okay great like this was really well. I was gonna say really early on but this was like last year probably mm-hmm. in the summer and I said okay I need like a jack of all trades Um, we need some social we need some this and that and she just and that's what. and we were talking about this earlier Martin like I just let her go I was like you are clearly talented from your portfolio. I know you can do amazing things. I just want you to do magic for us. And she built out what you see on our social feeds. These amazing, whether it's the videos, whether it's these little scenes, these gorgeous graphics, like she just creates graphical magic. And no, nobody could have her. <laughs> her. It's
1: a fake um, name. Yeah. It's not actually Bella. <laughs> just smart. Smart. Good for you. Yeah. Um,
2: no kidding. she's, she's I, would, I would refer to anybody, but she's just she's just so talented and uh, yeah,
1: no clearly.
2: and I that's something I really pride myself on is like, what are you good at or what do you want to do or what is it that you sparks you and let's just you know make that a fit here. And so it's it's been a pleasure more than a pleasure working with Bella um as you know the company's grown as we've evolved um and everything like that. so she's uh, she's just pure magic
1: and And that kind of brings us to today, which is literally the opposite direction of what I want to go. I kind of want to go into the past a bit. so we we talked a bit about you know, starting off in you know accounting and analytics. can you which kind of give me the like the story of of how you you know how you came to be where you are today?
2: yeah, um so yeah, when I was in university you know my 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 biggest thing going to school was I really wanted that you know corporate career I really wanted that you know I'm like I'm gonna climb the corporate ladder I'm gonna like do all the things and <laughs> I really loved my accounting classes in university because it was analytical and I felt like okay if I'm gonna be important in a business you know if you know the numbers you're pretty important because you're that you're helping the decision makers make all the decisions and all those kind of things so for me being an accounting and finance really helped I felt was like okay This is a role that every company is going to need. And as much as I loved the class, you know, classroom learning very rarely translates into real life and, and reality. And so after doing some internships and getting some work experience under my belt, I was like, I don't really know if this is my jam. And it was like, you know, in the beginning, even with any type of work, it can be like mundane, a little bit repetitive. And I'm like, yes, I know you have to work, you know, work your way up, but I'm like, I work should feel like this. And I think that was my very first understanding of like, mm, is this really what work is supposed to be? And so mm. I went to a recruitment firm to get them to kind of help me find something maybe in marketing, which was my minor at the time. And I left there with a job offer. Um, they literally said, Amazing, your personality. We think you'd be a great recruiter. We have a leave position coming up. Do you wanna, you know, you wanna hop in? And I was like, yeah. And and it was me. It really wasn't like a yes, because I love recruiting or I you know wanted a dream career in recruiting. It was I don't like what I'm doing now and I just want to get out of it so badly. So let me just hop into this other car and <laughs> see where it goes. That was literally my only rationale. I'm like, I have student debt. I need a job. Let's just go for this ride. And I'm so grateful as much as I'm not, we, you know, we're not at Culture Shift. We're not heavily into talent management. Right now, that foundation of understanding talent management, recruitment, acquisition at so many different levels in the beginning part of my career totally set me up for where we are today or for where I am today, from the discipline to understanding the markets. Like when you think about the talent market today, right, in 2023, it's insane from whether it was the pandemic and this whole massive hiring to then quiet quitting to companies now restructuring and this constant turmoil of you know, trends we see in us, you know, as workers having outrage to say, Hey, like this needs to stop,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, I couldn't be as engaged and love what I do if I didn't have the foundation of recruitment. So it's really set me up to understand the world of work and the foundation of companies. And even how I think about my own business and the businesses that I'm building, that was all because of that one time that I said, yes. So... (laughs) Which is which is insane because I there was very many times where I complained about being a recruiter as I imagine all of us for all of our recruiters out there um, have hated their jobs at one point or another because you can't fill the racks you know we you keep getting candidates that like last less than three months and all those other magical reasons that you know
0: <laughs>
2: but then there's those incredible moments of magic where it's like the candidate and the job are the perfect fit um, so did that for a couple of years went internal went to corporate uh, internal recruiting for a company. And that's where the HR switch kind of happened because my role was more was a little bit more yeah. high. And I was like, okay, now I'm in my lane because I felt recruitment in and of itself was so restrictive because it's like, you know, the same thing over and over and over. And it's like, as much as I love helping people, it's like, but I can do so much more. So that's point number two is like, I realized very quickly, like, I have a big capacity, like I have a really big appetite for life and like for what I imagine and see what I want life being. And so I'm always like, what's next? What's more? How do I do this? And it's like that kind of is what leapsfrogged me and like helps me to kind of move move things along. So did that. Then it was like, okay, I'm in the H.R. lane. And from there, it was like, where do I want to work? Where do I want to make the right impact? And that was Mm. when I got into campus and diversity recruitment and understanding DEI practices and frameworks and building out those programs. And then it just continued to build and build and build. But the, you know, crossing point for me when I started Culture Shift, well, I was at a really, really dark point because I was exhausted. I was burnt out. I was at a company where I was like, hey, I want to do more. And I kept getting shut down. I had my Mm -hmm. colleagues continuing to pass me knowing that I did twice the work for, you know, and was had a higher level of expertise than themselves. Not to say they weren't good in their own right. But, you know, when you see your colleagues doing work that you redo or that you have to you know, edify in order to get it to the level, you know, it needs to be questions start to go off in your mind where it's like, hold on. Well, why am I not in a higher role? Why can't I now get this title or the salary? And I didn't really understand how to advocate for myself at the time in the way that I would, as I would today. But for me, it was like, this is so obvious, like to me, I'm in doing it. I'm like, why wouldn't someone want me in a higher role? Why wouldn't someone want me to be promoted? And a lot of the times I was blamed, not a lot of the times, most of the time, if all the time I was blaming myself. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, there was a voice inside my head one day I was having, I, I believe it was like, not a, a full on planet attack, but I was having one of those anxiety spiraling in my mind moments. And a voice said, why are you blaming yourself? Like, why mm-hmm. do you think this is a you problem? And I was like, oh, and it made me think about, okay, if I'm not in an, if you, if you think about this analogy, if a flower isn't blooming, do you blame the flower or do you blame the soil and the environment? Mm, It's like you blame, you blame the soil and the environment. And I was like, wow. And I'm like, I'm not in a position where I'm set, where I'm being set up for success, where I'm being set up to grow. And no matter how much more work I put in, it's not leading to the right outcomes and environments that I want. So I said, you know what? I love what I do. At this, at that point, I was deep in my HR business business partnering career. And I said, well, then I'm just going to go find clients and people that want to do this work and want to be partners and want to do all these great things and build inclusive workplaces. And yeah. that was the birth of Culture Shift HR. Um, Amazing. And it sounds simple. It sounds like, oh, well, you just invented a company. It's like, Let me correct you. I had no clue, zero clue of what I was doing. I didn't have a marketing plan. I didn't know what our offerings were going to be. I didn't know. and all I knew was that I wanted to, I wanted to do something outside of this that allowed me to love again what I do on a regular basis. And slowly but surely I built literally built culture shift off the side of my desk while I worked full time. Mm-hmm. Not was working five in the morning to seven to then get ready for my nine to five to then come home, eat dinner and work another three, four hours until midnight. Like that was that was me building for like the first three years. And yeah. um, and I it's the more I kept building it, the more I'm like, well, this is eventually, this is what I want. This is what like, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm building an organization, but it didn't really click to me exactly what I was building until I went full time into the business last year and really had a situation, not a situation, but I had a switch where it was like, okay, you're no longer now just doing like a training for a company or an ex- or a program or um, you know consulting or strategy. Like you're actually building an organism that is supporting families, communities, neighborhoods, companies, um, people. And that moment, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is so much bigger than me, and mm. it made me really. I mean, I've always appreciated what, what I what we've been able to do with culture ship, but that moment really turned everything upside down. In it's head to say like, this is it. Like, this is something you've been wanting forever, and it's now here in front of you. What are you now? What are you going to do? How are you going to show up? And I and I and I and I activated it in a way where I was like, this is going to be successful if it's the last thing that I do, and it was so ride or die for me because. I had worked so hard on the side for so long that when I went full-time, it was like, I can no longer be okay with just getting by. I have to make it the standard that we are going to be successful and mark and outline what success looks like. And since that time last year until today, I've built a team of six. Um, we, you know, we have more clients than ever. We're growing at an incredibly rapid pace. Um, We're doing more incredible things from, you know, event series and connecting with more executives and creating more visibility for minority communities. And it's just, it's, there's no words sometimes of what I describe of what's being built, because, as I said before, it's so much bigger than me that it's now taking on a life of its own. And I really just want to be the right steward for mm. what we're doing because i just want all the amazingness of how i conceptualized culture shift in the beginning to be something everybody experiences and replicate that in every interaction so
1: mm. here we are <laughs> that's i mean what an incredible journey and as as you're talking about you know this last section of of your career and like the building part like i think so many People and so many listeners are in that. I think the pandemic has brought on this headspace of like, let's rethink everything that I do in my life. That that's been talked about so much, and so it's so. I was I got excited for you because I could see your excitement, and without a question or without a doubt, it's you know the. It sounds like you've found the right soil. And you found the right shade and the nutrients, and like (laughs) you're getting more sunlight, and um, you know you've got happy playing in the background more often, kind of deal. Like that's, uh, you can tell. Like it's it's funny. Like it just like even though this isn't in person, sadly we're not you know recording this in person. Like it it comes through the screen, which is which is awesome, and that that I think that 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 snowballs Mm. right is like the. For for so many people, they're in these places and spaces in their life where, you know, there's not this – like, they haven't even begun to discover anything about themselves. I was listening to the Dopra and Friends podcast before doing my research, right? I love it. And I had, didn't get a chance to finish it, but you said something really interesting that you're in this, like, constant journey of self-discovery. And that resonates with me. I won't get into why it's not about me, but like I find like, so it's easy for that to resonate with me, but for someone who hasn't started the journey of Mm self-discovery, like let me ask you a question first. Mm -hmm. These career moves that you've made, not all of them were intentional, right? Like you were just kind of making the best out of whatever opportunity came your way. Yeah. And then there's that shift, I think, from the sounds of it, where it went from going with the flow to I'm gonna carve a path. Yeah. And so what I'm curious about is how did you get to the carve a path point? Like when did you say, Cool, I need to go on this journey of self-discovery? And I'm always gonna be on it. And like that's that's next level thinking. You you've obviously how do other people get to where you, where you're at? Like, how can you help kind of like show us the door, so to speak?
2: Yeah. Oh, that's such a powerful question. Um, the, the door and really the path to the door is recognizing, recognizing who you are and That in and of itself is such a scary question because for so long, I didn't know who I was. Like, I didn't know who Alicia M. Campbell was, what I was put on this earth to do, what I liked, you know, what I was, you know, thinking about, you know, what the next 20, 30 years was gonna (laughs) look like. Like, you know, there's always that question, well, oh, if you're on your deathbed, what's the thing you wanna be most grateful for? Like, I didn't even know what that looked like, you know, thinking that far into the future. And that question scared me because I was on this treadmill where I was working at such a pace of burnout that it was just my life was just work. It was like I was in survival mode of work. Just do the work, get the job done, try to be that, you know, standout employee. And that's, again, the getting up early, the going to, you know, shutting it down late. And that that was what was expected of me. That's how I had to perform. That's how, you know, I thought that was going to get me the next race, the next promotion. And I thought I was playing the game and not realizing that if this was the game, that it wasn't working for me that two i wasn't living a life i was just existing and i think three it was like who said this had to be the game or the <laughs> <way>? <laughs> like you know we're, we're 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 taught um in such a linear fashion of how life is supposed to be and the one fundamental question that i couldn't answer for myself was who is alicia and it came at a really critical um at a critical kind of stage during when i was approaching a milestone birthday and I was just like, I just, I literally had broke down in tears when I couldn't answer that for myself. And it came, that was, that was the door for me. Cause I was like, I can't move forward in life and feel good about the life that I'm living or even building. If I can get at that point, even thinking about building something, if I don't know who I am. Yeah. So yeah. I really had to take it all the way back and like rediscover me, like Hmm. asking myself, like, what do you like to do? What sparks you up? What gets you angry? You know, what gets you excited? You know, um, if you could, if you had any amount of money or could be anywhere and like dream and think really, really big. And Hmm. it sounds easier to say, Oh, well dream big, but like, (laughs) like what, what's big though. Okay. To me, I could, Oh, I want to go to Dubai. But like, if I don't know Dubai exists and the the wonder of that of that 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 place, I I can't even I don't even have the words to describe what those things are. So it was a very like self-reflective, but also very tormenting experience because I was trying to identify things I didn't have the vocabulary for, the words for, the mindset, the understanding. But all I had was a feeling. All I knew was that the life that I'm living isn't working. It's too small and I want big. And even still to this day, I'm still getting the pictures of what big looks like, but it was just knowing that this wasn't working and trying to find those visions or graphics or words or understandings of what it was that I was trying to build. But until I understood me and like what I liked and what I was trying to do and what fulfilled me up and what gave me purpose, I couldn't plan for my life. And so I would say for anybody who's like, all I know is what I'm doing isn't working. Ask yourself, like, who are you? Um, and start from like, what, if you could literally have a mad, like have a magic wand and wave something, Mm. what would that something be? And just, it could be small. And then just keep asking yourself, you know, question after question, after question, because it's going to build and more ideas and more, you know, insights and more, passion and excitement is going to come as you continue to look and as you continue to grow from that one question. And then that's when, you know, okay, this is, I'm on the path of discovering who I am, which is on the path to building the life that I want to create. And yeah. if I didn't do that when I did, I would totally not be here in front of you right now.
1: No, that's, that's, <clears throat> what are the most impactful resources or things that you used to help you find yourself or or discover like questions obviously Mm -hmm. but i think as i hear that even kind of being on that journey myself to a certain extent like literally as of a month ago i started asking myself these questions (laughs) and so like i'm like i cannot be like I'm so excited to hear you mm-hmm. and see see where you're at because I'm kind of like, um, I, I see myself, like a lot of those questions I'm asking myself right now. But for the folks that haven't necessarily asked that question, maybe this inspires them to mm-hmm. start asking those questions. But what are the most impactful resources that you found while you were sort of like heads down in figure out Alicia? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, one, I would say it's not necessarily a resource, but something that wasn't really a part of my routine was journaling. I have so many thoughts in my head and just, that's the thing. We're we're energy, right? We're, we're mm. as human beings, we carry energy. We are energy mediums in the sense of like, the way I show up, if I'm happy, excited, like you said, Martin, like it's coming through the screen, I'm transmitting an energy to you and that gets you excited or gets you thinking. That energy, if it has no place to like get out or to be executed or to be transmitted, it stays inside of us. And so mm. that can cause, although it's good energy, it can cause anxiety, it can cause depression, it can cause an unnervousness because it's like someone having to like wanting to run, but know where to run to. So the journaling really gets all of those thoughts and all of those ideas just on a piece of paper. And yeah. so, um, oh my goodness, I'm going to get this book wrong, but it's called The Art I gotta google it it's called the art of something and the art of something yeah the art of something um uh, hold on because it literally it's gonna like kill me if i don't get the no
1: name. no worries look for it and and I'll i'll fill oh, in
2: I <laughs> the artist's way the it's artist's way the artist's way and it actually comes with a journaling um companion book so I've the main book this, is called the yeah. artist's way and if you get like the, I guess, deluxe version or whatever they call it, the expanded pack, it comes with like a journaling outline. And literally, I th- I forget who had shared it with me at the time, but that was so instrumental because mm. the whole premise of the book is you get up every day and you the first thing you do is write. Like you turn on the light, you get your book and you just write. You don't think. Yeah. You're not prompted. It's whatever is in your mind that you want on that paper. You just write. Mm. And it's such a great flow to your day because you've already, like, you can write three pages, five pages. It doesn't matter how much you write, but it's getting whatever was in you from the night before, from while you were sleeping, your dreams, anything, just getting that down on a piece of paper. So you're not starting the day carrying everything from the day before you've written it it's down and you move on and it's the process of moving through these motions that our brain could say okay great that's out next and now you can go through your day with a clearer mind because you've gotten those other ideas motions etc on out they're like out of you if that makes sense um so that is shivers
1: shivers (laughs) for for me and for any like anyone listening Clearly it's impacted you positively.
2: Absolutely.
1: I I just, as I was, as I was listening to this and like trying to like hold my shit together, I was like, okay, when did I start journaling? Literally for like ever, ever. And like February 9th this year started, right? And so like, even for, again, like, we didn't say like, Hey, Martin, you know, I kind of want to talk about journaling. Like that wasn't the plan no. here, folks. This is all just we're we're going in a different direction. We might not talk about anything that we intended to. But um, it's been crazy. It's only been a month for me. It's I, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but it's next level game changing. Like it seems the weirdest part, I think, and I have very specific weird questions. But like the weirdest part for me, I don't know if you notice this is like it just seems too simple. You're like,
2: oh my gosh! There's so much I could say about that. It, it, <laughs> it, and No, I, I, I get it. I, I love that you said that because, I mean, I remember from from forever ago, like as children growing up, like oh, journal and this and that, and yeah, seems so simple. But the intention and the actual mechanics that these things unlock in us is insane. And so I laugh because you're like, these things seem so simple, or you know, these things just seem so rudimentary. But it's like I wish someone back then could at least explain the power of these small rudimentary tools and how it opens up so many opportunities. So yeah, yeah absolutely it's simple but it's it's so powerful.
1: It's so dismissed, it's so true like in like I, I just so I'm saying it like it's for everybody. So I dismissed journaling for so long mm-hmm. because it seemed so trivial. Yes. And then I myself got caught up in like, do I do, do I write? Well, I don't like writing. My handwriting takes too long. My thoughts are too fast for my own writing. So am I going to do it on digital? And so I spent like a good six months of like knowing that I should probably journal, but like deciding how I'm going to journal instead of just doing it right done is better than perfect kind of thing. Right. So I've already iterated like my morning template. I do like a morning journal, like morning intention, and then like evening evening reflection. Um, And it's been like, I don't get it done every day. Sometimes I miss it. But like, just the the ability to really scroll through this stuff. I'm like, man, like, so that was instrumental in helping you kind of really craft out, yeah. you know, what you're all about and it goes from being like I'm just going to go with the flow to this is what I'm building. Culture Shift HR is is big and that's where your focus is and you know the why's behind you know why you want to do that stuff. It, I'm curious you know, you've obviously shared like this is what you should do for yourself. What's something that you thought would be impactful along that discover like discovery mm-hmm. journey that like you just like spun your wheels with or didn't really work for you or like you wouldn't recommend in terms of like yeah. don't waste your time with X, Y, or Z. If anything, double down, like if you're gonna spend time, spend time journaling instead of doing X, Y, or Z. I'm wondering what that is.
2: That's tricky because it's um, you know, everyone's so different. And I mm. think if you don't know where to start, try a little bit of everything like journaling, whether it, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditating, whether it's, um, you know, a new exercise routine to help kind of un- unclog the mind, whether it's like, um, I don't know, how, you know, putting yourself in an uncomfortable environments. So there's so many different things that you can do. If I had to say thing to not do is to not not do nothing, <laughs> you just like saying, well, I'm just going to be. Um, you're missing out on a really amazing opportunity to discover so many deeper layers of yourself. You know, see this as an opportunity to experiment, to play, um, to learn. And I think, you know, what it's funny, I just thought of this now. There's so many things we can learn in this life, but wouldn't it be ashamed if at the end of it all, we didn't learn who we are, like learn us. Like that would just be so sad to, you know, spend your last breaths not knowing or not being able to, Tap into yourself, but you know, you can list off this or list off this or have this many accolades and da da da, but you don't know who you are. It's like, but you're the greatest piece of art, like, you're building you. And it sounds so cliche, but like, building culture shift and creating all these outlets, it's really me in different pieces. Culture, yeah. Like, culture shift was literally me being at my biggest burnout stage, feeling at my lowest and needing an outlet to connect with, with people who wanted to create real change in their workplace. test hmm. was me you know, creating the resources I wish I had when I was battling my own mental health journey. You know, Boundless Inclusion, which is our new executive series we're gonna be launching at the end of the month was me creating a space where I could talk to executives about creating DEI and how to create more forward thinking leadership strategies. This is your just needs. But if I didn't, going back to taking the time to experiment, to be playful, to dream big, to just be like, well, what if we wouldn't, this wouldn't exist. And I think we're, we do live a lot of our life through fear. And you don't think, you don't think about it all the time. You're like, oh, no, I'm not fearful. I'm not, you know, I'm not scared. But then ask yourself, when's the last time you took a chance on you? Or when's the last time you did something that was, allowed you to be at your best sort of gave you the highest amount of joy yeah. and you know like those are the question like oh wow and then when you think about what's stopping you nine out of ten times it's fear um fear of you know failure being ridiculed people the list goes on but mm. you owe it to yourself to try these things and to at least at the end of the day know who you are and what you want to leave in this world when you're gone
1: yeah 100 percent No, I'm no again, so many shivers. Like the (laughs) the the yesterday, or I think one of the things that I wrote down, so like. I recently figured out what my own personal values were again within the last few months, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Martin, you're such a cute little baby. No, dame. this I'm is amazing. On a, on is a journey amazing. of self-discovery, but like, I'm I'm working with a coach. He's awesome, Chengir Lee. He's he's on um he's on LinkedIn. I I work with him, and um he was just like, oh, I want to I want to turn this into a thing. Can we test yeah. it out with you? I'm like you know, I'm like, oh, you seem to be super well put together. I could learn a bunch of things from you. And so we've been going through this exercise. So he's like, hey, first off, you need to figure out your values. So my values are love, uh, freedom and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And yesterday is sort of like every morning I reflect on those because I'm trying to figure out what the guiding principles are mm-hmm. behind said values. Right. And so um, the thing that you were mentioning is like, you got to focus on yourself. And I was like. Because my My thoughts in terms of like freedom was like I have to sort of figure out freedom for myself first before I can help others, right because it's sort of like if you've how can you help others if you haven't helped yourself first kind of thing, and that's kind of like the sentiment that that i'm I'm hearing from you as well,
2: yeah, a hundred percent, and that was really hard for me, like. I'm a very, I'm a giving person. And I don't say that to like to the horn, but I, I love to give. I like no. that is, a, that's a love, language. that's my love language. Like, you want to spend time together. I want to like, you know, give you insight, give you resources, you know, give you my time. Like, I love to give and, and, um, or into other people. But I was doing it at a pace where you, like, I might, my, my tank was not even on empty. It was like hmm. below E. And I realized that like I was so, Unhappy. Like, and it's not like, oh, you're just like having an off day, but I was really the things that I would love to do, I would no longer love because there was nothing I could do that would pour into these people I wanted to pour into or connect with these people because there was no one connecting or pouring back into me or even myself pouring back into me. So I really had to take a step back and say, like, this is going to be, I'm going to focus on like radical self care and radical self love for Alicia because if. At the end of the day if my sole purpose is to help other individuals whether that's in the workplace whether that's in their personal life whether that's helping to connect them to resources whatever that looks like i have to be 100 like i have to be fully centered Mm. fully aligned fully taken care of from that perspective so i can do the things that bring me back joy but also bring other people joy and happiness and excitement and support and all those great things but if i'm not there Then that level is not the pouring into other people is never going to be at that level that i expect it to be nor what other people will expect it to be or want it to be so it was it has to be that little bit of selfishness first because it's in the work that we do martin it's so easy to just give and give and give and give and then when it comes to, okay, well, now I got to focus on me, you kind of, you have to kind of like retrain yourself because it's so out of sync for what you, to what you've normally done. And so absolutely, that was a big part of, of my journey is switching, switching that off and just being like, being okay with not giving into people and being okay given to give into myself. It mm. was always like, oh, well, Alicia, I'm, I'm like my own narratives. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't mean anything. I'm fine. No, no, no. I was not (laughs) fine. I needed things that I didn't know how to communicate because I didn't know who I was to know to what I wanted. And, and that's why it comes so key to come back down to who you are, because then you can communicate your needs, go after what you want, get the support that's going to align best to you and get to where you want to go faster.
1: Yeah. In this journey that you've gone through and you, you. What I liked was that you said it's a constant journey of self-discovery. So it's not over. It's like it's not even about the destination. Like the destination is great, but it's about the journey too, right? And you acknowledge that it's not necessarily ending and who knows what's going to happen in five, ten years. And I hope all that incredible stuff that you have planned, but part of that's not going to be planned. There's going to be, you know, peaks and valleys and all that fun stuff. Along the way so far, who are some important people that helped you out and what stands out in your mind when you think of the help that they provided?
2: Ooh, um, key people. This is going to sound, so there's, there's, there's two parts to that question in, in, in my mind, because there's, Good people know good people, and and what I mean by that is, you know, I always made it a responsibility to my best of my ability to surround myself with good people, yeah. and just naturally, people will pour into you, they'll mentor you, support you, give you advice, um, and that will get you somewhere. But I've always found that for me to really tap into what I needed or to break, I and I say breakthrough intentionally because literally breaking through the understanding of myself the challenges and all those things i usually more than once i've had to get a coach and so i want to shout out nancy milton um who i met oh my god over 10 years ago in the ocean at turks and caicos on a company Mm -hmm. retreat um she is phenomenal there's no words to describe nancy besides phenomenal and life-changing but she being my first coach as part of my journey really created that safe space for me to be okay for me to not have it figured out for me to question things for me to be more selfish in a good way to then help other people for me to get that alignment um so nancy milton has been has been a i'll rock and still a a guide and support to this day um but with that and knowing that there's been other people colleagues you know some Mm. friends finding good people and i say good intentionally cuz not everybody's good or you know people have different layers and different levels to how they can you know and that's normal that's that's human being yeah but i say that to say that it's like sifting for gold you know like back in the day when they would sift for gold they get a bunch of dirt sifted and then they find little gold nuggets that's how i have my journey has been with finding really key people i've had to shuffle through a lot of shit get to the nuggets of really incredible people that have allowed me to discover myself at deeper levels. Cause a lot of times yeah. you have to remember people will, people are comfortable keeping you at the level that you are. And it's yeah. not, it's not intentional all the time. It's, it's subconscious because the more you elevate yourself, the the worse they are going to feel, or they're going to mm. get um, feelings about it and then want to bring you down. And so it's hard to, cipher through that at different levels, not realizing, oh, wait, are you helping me? Or are you hurting me? Hmm. So to navigate those egos and to navigate those own restrictions that people project on you, just even like from an unconscious perspective, you have to be so mindful of. So my journey of finding those people has been literally a lifelong journey where I can now like present day, I can say, I got my people like, I know I have a Rolodex and not, and I don't mean Rolodex in like thousands, but I have like at least 10 people that I could call on, get real mentorship, real support, real guidance in a selfless, loving, caring way that know that and personalized way that know me as Alicia and not have to feel like I have to show up for you. Like mm. I can just be, and you're gonna just pour into me because that's sort the of relationship that we have. But that's yeah. time. And yeah. I think that's what's the key is, is like you can have people around you, but those are not everyone is going to be going on the journey that's destined for you. And you have to be okay with leaving people behind and not in a way that's, you know, you're not good enough or that you don't deserve to come on, but not everyone is ready for where you're going. And you have to be okay with that. And that's something, especially over the last six months, I've had to really come to terms with, because they're like, I just want my posse to come with me. I just want us to go on this journey. But it's like, no, 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 you're the one with the vision. You're the one that are excited by these big ideas. And again, if people's egos get in the way, they could be blocking you from what you're destined to be. And so I had to be really comfortable creating those boundaries, loving boundaries for people to say, this is where you're gonna be in my life, but like where I'm going, you won't be coming and not yeah. in that direct way, but it's just in a way that's like, I, you can no longer pour into me or I can no longer pour into you in the way because the place that I'm going, you're too scared to come along with, or there's so many blockages for you that mm-hmm. although I love you, you have to sort you out first before yeah. I can kind of come back and pour that in. So it's hard. It's hard. And I, and I think the biggest piece of advice that I've had is that you do have to be okay with loving Every single piece of you, um, we, you know, myself feeling so, I was so fragmented before where I had to be the daughter, I had to be the corporate Alicia, I had to be the this, and it was so many different faces I would constantly, mm. bear, where it's like, I'm at a space now where it's like, no, this is all of me, you're gonna get all of <laughs> you're gonna get the good, the bad, you know, uh, you know, hopefully not too ugly, but like, and be okay, and if you're not okay with that, that's, that's not on me. Um, I'm just you know being myself but even saying that has been a journey for me and to your point this discovery goes on and on and on and I'm excited now for this journey because so many beautiful things come out of it that I didn't I didn't even know existed until you get there
1: I keep getting moments of like I don't know like I like I said like the the excitement level is (laughs) anytime I'm chatting with you or just listening to stories like it just ramps up like the And because there's, you can tell there's, there's so much energy to what, what you're building. And I mean, yes, we've, we've talked about everything that I didn't think we were going to talk about, which I love, that's fantastic. But we did, I I do want to kind of like learn about, not every company is the same. There's a million, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a million consultancies out there. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people having to, you know, set up their own shop out of nature of like the, the current market and Absolutely. economic conditions and, and whatnot. Um, it, yeah. I got a ton of questions on, you know, like what you've built at, at culture shift and um, like what is, as an entrepreneur, I can only imagine that you have very intentional way of how you want to work and who you want to work with. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear more about that.
2: Oh, I love that question. Um, I, and it gets me excited because that's a new part that I've just recently discovered. I'm working with another coach. Um her name is Asha Yomi. Um she does business energetics, which essentially outlines who you are from an energetic perspective but aligns it back to the energies of your business that you're creating and and cre- and aligns the two. And so
1: Wild.
2: Yeah, it's it, she's she does phenomenal work. Um So directly, talk to your point about like the way that I work and the intentionality of who I work with, that was something I had to learn. And so the the biggest transition for me going from corporate to entrepreneur was that in corporate, you usually work nine to five, right? Or even like for some like seven to nine, because you're up early, getting ahead of the game, then, you know, work starts, you wrap up, et cetera, et cetera. I carried that exact same mindset when I went entrepreneur in the business, Mm. and I didn't realize it until Asha outlined it for me, but she's like, where's, like, she would look at my, we would do a calendar time on it, and my my day is always, like, was always blocked crazy, like, literally <laughs> from, like, 5.30 to, like, yeah. 8 o'clock, just work, or, like, I'd carve out focus time for certain projects, but, like, anyway, my, my calendar's always bananas, and she's like, I see a lot of work. I see a lot of things happening, but she's like, I don't see Alicia. I'm like, where are you in this? Mm. I like, I see X client, I see B client, I see this assignment, that assignment, but like, where are you? I'm like, well, what do you mean, where are we? This is me. And she's like, no, no, no. Where's time for you to think? Where's time for you to experiment, explore, get creative, talk to someone, have a coffee chat, or just do nothing. Like, where's the time for Alicia? And I was like, oh my God. I literally mm. took like- the regiment of corporate and just slotted it into my business, thinking that's how I'm destined to work because I've done that,
1: yeah, of course, you know,
2: for you know the past ten years. And it's like, well, that's just what you do, things. And she's like, no, 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 you're creating how you want to work. So if you don't want to take a call before noon on any given day, you don't take a call before noon.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. If you don't want, if you don't want to work on a Friday then you don't work on a Friday and you work all the things, the meetings, the team, external clients, sales, marketing, whatever, in the schedule that you align to, not what, you know, the regular, I guess, mainstream has told us how to operate. And I was like, oh my God. Like that, what to me was like, I can do that? Like I can play like this? And she's like, yes. And it's like, that was such, that concept turned me upside down because again, we're told, This is how you have to be. This is how you have to work. This is how you define success. And it's like, but do it, does it like, like do it, is that the only way? Can it be working different? And I loved your point, Martin, about the pandemic changing so many things because we're building in more flexibility just Mm. in general in our work that if it wasn't for like such a literally transformational, yes, very harmful and very sad and all those things, but it took literally a pandemic to shift how we care about ourselves, how we look at work, how we show up, how we like all these things. And so for myself, and this was even, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that during the pandemic time, but it was like, now I'm in the driver's seat and I can decide what that looks like for me. And I had to get comfortable with that. And that's something I really wasn't used to being like being in the driver's seat of deciding how I show up, how I want to do the work, how I want to work with certain clients, how I want to make this work come to life. And to your point now, when I think about the clients that I want to work with, or when I'm, you know, c- you know, on my calls or we're connecting, it's very clear. Like I can know within the first minute, you know, if this is going to be an alignment or not, because I know the work that we do and what it, re- and what it takes, you know, mm-hmm. is a very transformational type of work. And if I have a client or a potential client that is not in the space where they're ready to have these conversations, they're ready to, you know, invest the time and the resources and the people as building this out. Then I know that that's not a client for me because the yeah. way that I work and the way that we are building culture shift, that is level one. Like you have to come to the table ready to do that. And so if it wasn't for working with her and understanding that I get to create and craft that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Oh my gosh. I, it like it changed so much because I feel my my business is now really aligned to the way that I work in a way that brings out my best joy, brings out my best creativity, gives my best to my team, to my clients, to our projects, and I don't feel guilty now about maybe not starting a day at seven a.m. and working until midnight. Yeah. It's it's just so much better, and I can show up in such a more real way that makes what I do really, really exciting.
1: In terms of uh... In terms of the work that you're doing, obviously, you're focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, there's obviously intentionality behind that. You know, you've gone through this discovery and journey. Like, this is what you want to focus on. Um, two things that I'm noticing in the market. Um, well, well, the first question is, like, there's, there's companies out there that... Are focused on that whole segment just in general, mm-hmm. and I've talked to you know founders from from those companies. I talked to a lot of different founders because they reach out to join the community, and depending on the circumstances, that you know it makes sense or not. Right, you're kind of vetting vetting the community like you vet your vet your clients, mm-hmm. and they're all saying it's a big struggle right now because every company out there is reacting to like the market, and the first thing to go is dollars for dei it's just like hey remember when we said that was and it's it's a harder question it's like it's not a happy question but i'm i'm curious to see from like well i'm i'm warmed to hear that like you're busier than ever so that's awesome right but it's also something that i i don't know if you're seeing that or hearing that as well it's just like Yeah. Companies that once said they were all for this or just it was just theater or it was just virtue signaling or whatever the case might be. Like, what are you seeing in the market in terms of like companies and and how you're choosing clients based on that?
2: Yeah. um, 100 percent that's happening. And it's interesting because going into this year, the market was already downshifting and, you know, the layoffs were already happening at the yeah. think going into Q1 and it was like the first week of, of the, of the year, like working week. And I got on the call with my CFO and we looked at our budget for the year. And like I said, this year we set some really big goals and I, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, it is, as a CEO, you wear so many hats, you wear like, you know, your finance hat, your operations hat, you know, your creative hat, all those things. And like, so when I, w- when we were Q4, Q3, we're building out these things, I'm throwing out numbers. I'm like, we're through this, we're gonna do that. And it's like, you know, you're having fun with it. And then literally January came and she pulled it up and she's like, okay, she showed me the number. And she's like, all right, what, what have you done? Or what is the plan to get this, to get to this number? And what she didn't know at the time was I literally just got off a call from like three other clients that we had set up in um, Q4 to go to, to start working Q- in Q1. And all of them were like, we're putting this on pause. We're putting this on hold. And i literally broke down i just started crying mm. on the on the finance call because i'm like here we did spend hours upon hours building out this beautiful budget set these big goals all these things got us excited and you know client after client after email after email is saying we're putting this on pause we're pushing this out to q3 2023 20 you know q4 and my stomach sank. because i'm like what are we gonna do like and that's the thing like i really don't try to lead the business In a state of fear, because that isn't what I want to attract in the business. I want to attract, you know, good energy and abundance. And I'm really intentional about what you put out is what what you put out is what you get in. Yeah, but in that, but I'm still at the end of the day, I'm a human being. I felt (laughs) (laughs) like yes, like I have because in in one thing, as you grow as an entrepreneur, you have people depending on you. Like I have a team. I have systems and mechanisms and you know I, again the the system that is culture shift is, is trust me, there is a curtain and theres there's people working. It's not just me doing all the things. And so your stomach's because you're like, oh my gosh, like not only are we going to meet our numbers, but like are we going to be able to keep this up like are we going to be able to do this? And in that moment, I had to remember that although clients might be pulling back or they might be shifting priorities, there's always going to be a need for culture work. And that really began to shift because I think when companies think about DE&I, you know, they just see it as a, as a money investment. Like, well, this is just something I have to do. And to mm-hmm. your point, like virtue signaling and just saying, okay, we're going to do X, Y, Z. But when you bring it back down to whether they've done layoffs or they have to kind of cut back on expenses, at the end of the day, you still have people doing and building and representing your company, your work. And if you're not investing in them, if you're not providing them the resources, the support, the training, the development, whatever that looks like as part of your employee life cycle development calendar, you're losing out on a massive opportunity to even have your own success as a business if you're not pouring back into the people that are on the ground doing the work that you need them to do. And what I did, what that switched for me is that whether companies want to call it DEI work or not, everything that we do is is led with a DEI lens. And so with, mm. whether it's a branding program, whether it's a, a workforce strategy framework, whether it's us building a learning and development calendar, whatever it is, it's always going to have those lenses in. Whether they want to acknowledge it or not, or, or whether they want we have a DEI stamp right on the front of it, that's how we do our work. And so for me, it's, it, that reminds me that the work that we're doing because it's led with that lens at all times, although it may not be this banner of okay, we're doing a DEI training, but we're now revamping, say, an HRIS system. It's me asking the questions to make sure that DEI is still top of mind. Mm. Is this process inclusive? Is this is there um, is there any inequities as we think about the launch of this? How are we creating the right learning paths for people to understand and you know be able to access the value of what this program is going to bring, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was, I think, a key thing for us to say, whether you want to call DEI or not, it's still DEI work to us because the way that we do things at the core will always prioritize equity. And then I think number two was, and a lot of businesses, you know, as you said, go up valleys, peaks and valleys, is you Mm. have to pivot and recognize where your market is going, if there isn't, and I'm not saying that I want companies to now not focus on DEI, 100%, we need to focus on it, have it intentional, put a proper budget behind it, and get the work done. But if that isn't where companies are at, not be, whether for whatever reason, whether it's budget, time, capacity, or they don't want to do it at all. It's understanding what our company is going towards. Because at the end of the day, you're going to always need people. And so yeah. is it creating those programs and frameworks and outlines that allow your people to be your best? And by doing that, they need to understand your, mar- your diverse market. They need to understand creating an inclusive workplace culture. They need to understand hybrid work and how to create that from an inclusive perspective. So again, it can be a different thing, but we're always going to be focusing and having those languages in the ways that we you know, bring bring our work to life. And I think clients really appreciate that, that it's like, although they may not see it as um something that's a priority to them, we continue to push that narrative and make sure that they know this is something that you still need to value and yeah. prioritize and this is how we're going to do it.
1: Going back to your example of the flower and the soil, what I'm thinking of right now is like, yes, you can, regardless of the state of the economy, right, you've got employees and those are your flowers, right? And yep. Your your job as a business leader, as a CEO, everything. Just make sure you've got the right flowers in the right environment at the right time. Mm-hmm. And forgive me for using like an overly green thumb analogy here, but, and don't ask me to take care of your plants at all, but <laughs> um <laughs> It, it sounds like what you're positioning is, is that like, you can have great soil, but if you don't water it, nothing happens. Like culture yeah. shift is the, the water for companies, regardless of like what the state of the market is, either you wanna invest in your people or you don't. And yeah. that has consequences.
2: Absolutely, a hundred percent. And, you know, I get, you know, we haven't seen, I don't think, as many um, layoff layoff announcements over the past couple of weeks. But like at, at the time, Q4 going into 2023, it was like every week another tech company was laying off. And brutal. it's it's so brutal. And it's because it's it's so short sighted and it's so, I would say, immature. And I and yeah. I mean, of course, I'm always like, I mean, yes, we can look at the numbers and we can look at the bottom line, but. There is so much when you are hiring people, when you're building an internal community of employees that not only do the work but support each other, that help create innovation and drive your business forward. And you break that that system down and you um, have that, you know, um that that broken. And there's a word I'm trying to think about, but it's not coming to you, but it's broken and, and you're now taking out the flow that allows the magic in your company to work. Like, you're, you're responsible for breaking down ecosystems of mm. community and of culture, not just within your company, but within actual physical neighborhoods and communities and in families, and that allow other systems of support um, to, to run. And I think that, like, organizations have become incredibly irresponsible, specifically in the tech space, because they continue. We've seen this pattern, I feel, at least two to three times within the last decade, and it's like... We continue to rely on technology. We continue to invest and believe in these platforms and in these incredible tools, which of course all optimize our life in a various in a variety of ways. But then by us supporting you and you hiring more people through the ad spend, through us purchasing your app or your tool, et cetera, and then you go and you break an ecosystem of people. You're responsible for that. Like you, it's not just saying, okay, well, we're gonna lay off 10% of our workforce. It's you're actually breaking apart networks of people and cultures that were out of adding value beyond anything you could see or even really measure. And so I think when organizations do that, it's so heartbreaking because it's so short sighted to, you know, the turn that's going to eventually come in the market and all those other things. And to know that when you make these types of investments, these, you know, we, when we invest financially, you know, we put in stocks, bonds, whatever. It's a long term investment, mutual funds, mm, long term mm. investment. But why do we think people, the things that do our business, that make things run, that create the amazingness that is our product or our service. Why do we think so short-sighted? Why do we think that's just indispensable? And I, and I just wish organizations would be, would be more responsible with either their hiring or workforce planning strategies, because that's an investment that is time, energy, money, resources, and to just throw it away. And I know it's not intentional, but to even regardless, to still have to use that as a lever to 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 appease shareholders it's it's just it's just so wrong yeah yeah
1: you've not chosen an easy space to to spend time and energy in Mm -hmm. like hr is hard recruiting's hard everybody has a hard job product Finding product market fit is hard because if you don't have it, guess who's screaming at you all day long? Or, you know, maybe they're not screaming at you, but you've got pressure, right? Product market fit's hard. Writing code is hard. Putting migrating systems from one place. to Like, everybody's got a difficult job, and I don't want to take away from all the other professions out there, but I do want to recognize—not recognize, like, it's—there's— there's a certain, like, this isn't just, like, how we do business as a company. It's, like, here's all the other things that society, unconscious bias, systemic racism, like, that's not something that anybody's f- fixed or solved yet, right? And and this is what you're tackling, I guess, like, first off, kudos, obviously. But second off, like, how how do you keep balance? I'm I'm kind of going back to like that conversation that you mentioned with, with your coach asking you about your calendar and like, where's the Alicia time, right? Like, um, I imagine that plays a part in it, but you know, for anyone listening who maybe has like said, you know what, I'm gonna put up a boundary. My workplace doesn't deserve 120% of me mm-hmm. all the time. But they still have that inkling and that desire to like, hey, you know what, even on a tight budget, I want to make a positive impact for the employees because I care about them above and beyond anything else. Right. That's why people kind of get into the people ops profession in the first place. So you've been at this for a long time, just as an entrepreneur, but even, you know, in your career, how have you found a way to kind of balance it so that you're not constantly... Mm -hmm. constantly drained because it's it's hard work
2: oh my god yes yeah i mean plus when everything you said from battling this you know systemic racism unconscious bias to
1: that's just two things no they're just two things that's not
2: even the things that's you know but even egos and you know yeah so many things um i chose this i would say this work chose me i did not choose Mm -hmm. this work And I say that because if it wasn't for the experience that I had in the workplace, again, there wouldn't be a need for me to see, Okay, there has to be something different. There has to be a way for me to escape because that's what it was the beginning. It was an escape, Mm -hmm. bring myself some type of joy and alignment to what I loved. And although my experience now I can say taught me a lot in the beginning, it was really, really, really hard because growing up the way that I did, it was so it was so important for me to go to have a good corporate job. Like I wanted again that big, that, you know, perfect job, working at a corporate job, all the things, climbing the ladder, the house, the dog, the kids, all the things, because that's what I thought stability was like. That's what I thought security was like. And so when it came for me to build culture shit, I was in my I didn't know anyone doing this. I didn't know anyone that was having businesses on the side or you know doing it and doing it successfully and i think for me recognizing that this was my only outlet i wasn't thinking at the time okay i'm going to build this whole big thing and all this wonderfulness is going to come out of it and that's why i say it chose me where i think where i thought about and i had to tap into if i don't do this what's what's going to happen to me i'm i'm not going to be happy i'm going to ha- have a miserable career you know, my relationships are going to suffer. I'm going to constantly be, you know, job hopping or trying to find that next thing. And it, it again, it never delivering. And it took me to recognize what was missing in my own experiences to create what, you know, what culture shift HR is today and, and what we're building. And so, yeah, it do, it totally chose me because to your point, it's, it's hard work. I, I talk with clients every single day. And it's it's as much as we talk about D E and i when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's not comfortable. How you do a lot of reflective work and you do a lot of self-searching to recognize, especially as you get more aware and you grow your competencies in de and a leader begins to see the ways of which they have done the microaggressions are done, you know, the, the racial slurs are done, you know, the things that we are now saying is a big no-no. And so clients going through their own emotional journey and me being that support for them to say, this is a part of it. This is it's like now we know better, now we move forward. But you have to utilize the tools forward and we can't keep going back to how things were. But that takes time. You're literally changing behavior, changing mindsets, and it takes patience, it takes dedication. But if I can change one leader's way of thinking, working and engaging with their team, I've done my job. And so I don't get this like I'm not, I'm not trying to change the world. Hmm. I don't want it to change the world because that should not rust on me and no. you know in, in, in all in all in all honesty but if I can
1: <laughs> I would hope so yeah, yeah. like <laughs> do not let
2: you do At not that you alicia
1: what's going on <laughs> look her...
2: <laughs> but if I could do my part then I know yeah. that I've done what I was you know what I, what my purpose is was is here in all of this and I think as much as the work of DEI is so is hard it's laborious there's a lot of joy in it too. And that's what keeps me going. Like, I get that question a lot where it's like, why do you do this? Like, this isn't this isn't easy. And I said, because when I see that light bulb go off in a training, when I see a leader finally click for them how to engage with their team, when I finally see the engagement results and there's an incredible uptick of how, you know, underrepresented groups are feeling engaged and empowered in their workplace. That's why I do this, because I don't want anyone to experience what I experience. I don't want anyone to feel like they're not good enough or that they can't achieve the level of success that they see in their colleagues. I want them to know that they have a voice, that they can bring concerns forward and it's going to get addressed. I want them to know that they can build a career wherever they want to go and know that they can be successful and have the support. So that's my why. And if I can do that for one person, I've done my job. And the more people I can do it for, that's just adding, and that's just the gravy. And so I just, I would, I, that's honestly why I do what I do. I don't want anyone to have the experience I had. And we spend so much time at work and so much time with people that aren't our family and that we have no obligation to, but to your point, we give 120%. Let it be in a place where you are successful, where you can flourish, where you can be your best, where you can bring your full self. And we, we say that word so much, but really bring your full self. If you're having a bad day, have a bad day. If you need to shut it down, shut it down and know that you can come back tomorrow and not feel guilty or not feel shamed for taking that time. And so if I can build in those structures, help leaders understand what that looks and feels like because they're gonna need it at one time too, I know that the work we're doing won't be short lived. It's gonna continue as other leaders go to other companies and people move to other jobs, and it's gonna continue to spread and create the workplaces we know everybody deserves to be in.
1: Yeah. It's it's missionary work to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And no, I can you can you can tell how yeah no, everybody knows. Like you're clearly passionate about this, um, and it sounds, and on top of that, like this is what you want to be doing. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, that's 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 really. It's I guess if it was if it was easy, it would probably be would wouldn't wouldn't be worth doing either, right? No. And there there's no easy easy answer to to any of this stuff, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and and hilariously, knowing all of that. Like, if if you did what you're doing now and just did it every day and, you know, there's ups and downs and all that fun stuff, I'm kind of sure that you probably have other plans, too. And I'm very curious. We'll, we'll kind of wind down here. But I'm curious, like, with all of this stuff, like, what's what's front and center for you in the next little bit, you know, that people should know about? And... Beyond that, like, what what are you aiming for? What are you hoping for? What's on the what's on the vision board?
2: Oh, yes. Um, the things that are coming up, we kicked off our mental health series called Black Places Equal Safe Spaces, which, again, um, really birthed out of me, one, my own mental health journey and wishing I had resources and support when I started Culture Shift HR, not recognizing the mental health toll it took on me. Being in corporate, building a business, figuring things out. And I, number one, and number two, you know, we lost, um, you know, Twitch, who is a, an incredible figure, who was an incredible figure within the Black dance community and someone that I had looked up to for years, watching him perform and dance and, and bring joy to other people. And for me, when I found out that news, plus the news of other prominent, you know, staples in the Black community, It was something that was calling to me to say we need to do something about this we have to not just have a conversation but we have to take action and it was just i just couldn't say no anymore and literally within 72 hours we had our website up we had a mailing list of over 50 people wanting to support um and we had our first kind of um event planned out that's how when you get called to do something you there's like the resistance is gone because it's just something that's so in tune to what's next for you so our first one was a massive, was a great success. Um, our second one is at the end of March, uh, where I'm gonna be posting, doing some more publicity on that in, in the upcoming weeks, but it's gonna be focused on Women's History Month and women's um, mental health. And so we have incredible speakers and we're gonna be talking about the not only the importance of mental health and wellness, but tools, challenges, how do we show up? How do we ask for help? And we're gonna be also supporting different non-for-profits for people to give donations, and to support as well, so that's um, something that we're doing on a bi-monthly basis, and that we're going to be bringing in person to um, in in the upcoming months as well. So super duper excited about that. Um, from there, we are we are launching our executive roundtable series called Boundless Inclusion, where we're going to be speaking with executives. Um, from companies all over the place about creating a DEIB focused workplace culture, understanding challenges, you know, having a really fruitful discussion and talking about solutions and finding to make DEIB accessible for everybody. Um, So we're kicking that off at the end of March as well. Um, And then, yes, I'm like, there's just so many other things in the works from we're creating an accountability academy for those who want to start their own consultancy and figuring out what that path looks like um, Some more to come on that. And then more stuff. I want to do some more fun stuff on my personal brand. You know, a lot of things are so, you know, I don't want to say corporate, but they're so business focused, whether it's mm. the workshop series or, you know, working with leaders, I, I like to have fun too. I am a fun person. <laughs> I like to do fun things. So I'm like, let's, you know, have an outlet for that um, and a creativity for that. So um, we're building out that brand as we speak. I'll probably going to launch it in the summer, but um I'm really excited about that cuz I I don't I don't do that and I think that's not a side many people see of me and I think it'll be interesting to engage with people on that level. So um yeah, lots of stuff to come, you know, incredible things on the horizon. I'm just I'm just so I'm just so grateful that we can that I can do this work. Um, mm. it's it's really special and it to be in a position where I'm surrounded by the support and love and the community to do this just makes me excited every single day.
1: So for the people that are as excited as me to like keep tabs on what's going on, or even to reach out and say, uh, you know, Hey, I want to be a part of X, Y, or Z. Cause you you literally mentioned like six or seven things there that are like, (laughs) uh, again, going to start with the question of like, Make sure, you know, I'll go back to your coach. Like, make sure you got some you time, even just sleep time. Uh, yes. That's yeah. Um, But what's the best way for folks to to keep in touch or reach out?
2: Yeah. LinkedIn is our main primary platform. So you'll find out all things, whether it's our workshop series things that are culture shift and working with us from a consultancy, the EIB perspective, LinkedIn. You can check out our sites, Cultureshifthr.com, my personal site, AliciaCampbell.com. Um, we're on IG um, as well and Facebook. So, you know, all the all the platforms, you know, talk to each other. So you'll see us there. Or, But honestly, just email me, Alicia at CultureshiftHR.com. We can set up a coffee chat, learn more um, and see and see where we can go from there. Amazing. Yes.
1: Any any final thoughts, words?
2: Um. Yes, I would say don't sleep on yourself. You know, there is. There is a gift in every single person, mo- probably multiple gifts. Um, tap into that, discover that, explore that, and then share those gifts with others. Uh, that's where you're going to get your biggest fulfillment and joy. And stop, li- stop just existing. Try mm. and begin to live your life.
1: Hundred yeah. percent. I, I mean, I, I, I took that even just for myself. I almost thought you said don't sleep for a second. I'm like, no, Alicia, no, no <laughs> sleep. Sleep is good. Don't sleep on yourself. I your love sleep.
2: Literally, I had a yeah. nap before our podcast. Um, <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm all team, team nap, team sleep. Um, we need it. Nice.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for being on today's podcast. I really yes. enjoyed it. Uh, truly one of my favorites already and I haven't even listened to it again. Yeah. Um, thanks for the folks that are listening. Um, this is from a people perspective. It is a podcast about people in HR- operations and recruitment, and how they got to where they are now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I also run a community called the People People Group, which would not be possible without awesome members like Alicia. You can be in that community and see all the amazing resources that she shares on a regular basis. Thank you, by the way. I totally skipped that bullet point because oh. I got so sidetracked with with journaling and, and that whole mind-blown aspect of things. But no, thank you for all the the, the support and, and resources that you've been sharing in the community for like years um, and so if if you want to be a part of a community like that you want to surround yourself with with folks that are trying to help each other out the com is definitely a place to start and yeah if if you want to be a guest on the show or you think we should have a guest on the show reach out to me if you can't find me on the internet your Wi-Fi is broken or your internet's broken. <laughs> probably going to be pretty bored. So thanks again for listening and have an
0: awesome day. And that wraps up another episode of From a People Perspective. If you learned something today and want to join an amazing Slack community of talented HR, recruitment, and operations professionals, head on over to thepeoplepeoplegroup.com. On there, you can sign up to join the Slack community or get access to a number of incredible resources we've carefully curated on a bounty of relevant topics like diversity, equity and inclusion policies and procedures and even employment branding again, all this can be viewed at thepeoplepeoplegroup.com it's completely free and pretty awesome as well, you can find and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram on Twitter, find us at peoplepeoplegrp and on Instagram at thepeoplepeoplegroup thanks again for listening and we'll see you soon